Hey guys, welcome back to Alpha Beta Podcast. This is Khalif, and this is a podcast about books, uh, where I discuss about the best literature in the world. Um, yeah, so in this session, uh, today I'm going to try something a little bit different. And finally, I can talk about something that I study in the university, which is economics. So the book that I'm going to talk about today is uh, Globalizations and its Contents, Revisited by Joseph Stiglitz. So, well, who doesn't know Joseph Stiglitz, right? He is a famous economist, a professor in Columbia University, really great economist, I would say, and you should check him out in YouTube. There are a lot of videos of him. Uh, really great guy, especially when you are the supporter or the proponents of uh, Keynesian economics, well, he is someone that you want to read about. In this book, Globalizations and Its Discontent, Revisited, he basically discuss about globalizations and mainly he criticized policies by IMF. Yeah, so this is what uh, this book is all about. So let's just go straight into it. I'm just going to talk about the first half of the book, uh, this first session. So uh, the book is uh, basically saying that globalization in theory should cause uh, prosperity. That is what happens in theory. Ever since Adam Smith, David Ricardo, uh, we have already seen this theory of international trade and uh, theoretically, it is correct. Globalization should lead to prosperity, but it ha- has happened for quite some time right now, but we still not see that, that kind of prosperity that is promised by international trade. We still see global imbalances in terms of growth. We have uh, poor country. We still have poor countries, middle-income countries, and uh, several successful countries. So why globalizations does not really cause uh, prosperity? Well, Stiglitz argue that much of the problem is on the rules of the international trade. The rules of the game that govern international trade is disproportionately benefited those who has already been successful and disproportionately uh, cause a negative impact to those who has not been successful. What I mean by this? Uh, I think the best way to say it is that globalization is being governed by the US. The rules is written by the US. The, they are being reinforced by the US as well as the judge is also by the US. Okay, now you see why we have like a global discrepancy in terms of international trade. Because Stiglitz argues that these rules of the game needs to be reformed in order for us to create a frictionless international trade. The rules that is much more fair for everyone. Yeah, so that is a bit about globalizations. That happens in the first chapter uh, in the book. And uh, not the first chapter, I mean the first uh, half of the book. And in the middle of the book, there is this lengthy discussion about IMF and its policy. So uh, for those of you who doesn't know IMF, IMF stands for International Monetary Funds. Uh, basically, they are gathering money, like they are pulling money from uh, its members. Whenever there are countries in need, 
IMF will step in and we'll be able to lend some money to them. But IMF will give you conditions that your country needs to follow. Uh, those of you who are listening from Malaysia or Indonesia probably uh, quite familiar with the 1998 financial crisis, and IMF steps in, uh, stepped in, and they uh, basically gave uh, the country certain conditions that the the country uh, uh, needed to implement in order to obtain the loan. Well, yeah, that is how IMF basically uh, works. What Joseph Stiglitz argue is about this policy prescriptions because IMF give a loan to a country in need. What is a country in need? Well, most likely it is a, are, it is a country that is under recession. So IMF basically give you this policy prescriptions to in order to help the country to move from recession. But Stiglitz argue that the approach taken by by IMF is not actually helping the country to grow. Why is this so? First of all, we need to... Uh, there are two schools in economics. We need to understand this. There are, there are basically two big schools in economics. One is someone that is... Fo- that, that has like a stronger focus on the market. And the other one is uh, the one that is focuses more on employment and government intervention. IMF believes in the former, which is the market. So what are the, the policies that is prescribed by IMF for the countries in need? Well, let me read out several for you that is based on this book. First is market and uh, financial liberalization. Second is privatizations. Sec- uh, third, higher interest rate. And fourth, government austerity. Sorry, fiscal austerity policy. IMF think that when you combine these four policies together, they uh, will basically help you to stabilize price, as well as increase the market, uh, in- increase the activity in the market, and in the longer in the long run, the economy will be more stable. So it's some sort of like an invisible hand uh, mechanism that will reallocate the resources to its more efficient use. So this is what I mean by a a more of like a market approach. What Joseph Stiglitz think about this? Well, Joseph Stiglitz is, uh, Joseph Stiglitz is, uh, holds the view of Keynesian economics that is, uh, that focuses on the importance of government intervention. So instead of asking for a higher interest rate, Keynesian economics normally argues for a lower interest rate during recession. Instead of uh, government austerity, instead sorry, instead of fiscal austerity, uh, Keynesian economists uh, normally argues that the countries in recession should uh, countries uh, there there should be a fiscal expansionary when the countries goes into a recession. So, from the very core of the fiscal and monetary policy approach uh, itself, IMF and uh, uh, and Stiglitz uh, has uh, uh, deviated from each other. The second thing that he argues is about legislation. Uh, Joseph Stiglitz argues that most of the countries that uh, IMF 
land to is an emerging economy and under the emerging economy the problem is that many of them does not have a strong foundation in their economy many of them do not have a proper tax law or tax policy antitrust policy competition policy uh, land reform policy and when basically imf asks them to privatize their public enterprise what happened is that instead of uh, creating a competition this privatization actually creates a private monopoly a pure monopoly uh, 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 this privatization actually creates a monopoly because they don't have a proper antitrust law and when these firms get enormous benefits and uh, the countries also do not have a prof a proper tax reform so what happens is that the richer is gonna get richer and the poor is gonna get poorer and there is no redistributional uh, mechanisms of income from the rich to the poor so what we see is that based on the IMF policy there will be an increasing uh, inequality as well as a rising poverty we can see uh, an example that he gave in the book is example that he gives in the book is uh, in Russia transition in the early 1990s so you can look that up if, if you have the book also the third thing that he he highlighted is about capital market liberalizations when you liberalize the capital market prematurely and especially during the time of a crisis you are basically uh, initiating for a capital flight what I mean by capital flights during a time of a crisis investor con- confidence fall right everyone wants to take their money back foreign infa- uh, foreigners will want will want to take their money back so this will be a problem to the country in recession because there will be a huge outflow of capital from their economy and this is actually what happened in Thailand and Indonesia why Malaysia did not uh, suffer from the financial crisis uh, Mahathir Mohamad at that time decided to impose a capital control instead so capital control involved uh, restricting the movements of capital so it, it this capital flights didn't happen back then so now which one is a better policy is is it the market policy or the neoliberalism's policy or Keynesian policy each country has a different response to this if you talk to people who uh, believe in the market uh, or the people who hold the view of neoliberalisms they can give you some examples of uh, a successful project by the market fundamentalists maybe of several countries countries in uh, latin americas latin americans if i'm not uh, uh, if, if i'm not mistaken but if you talk to Keynesian economists, then they can also give you a successful stories uh, of government intervention during crisis. It depends between each country. So what I want to say to close this podcast is basically by saying that we need a more localized uh, approach. I mean, we, we, we see as we see we can see a lot of examples during this COVID-19 uh, crisis, right? 
we see that a lot of local government act much more quickly and accurately compared to the centralized government. So, I believe that we need to give uh, more trust to the local government to handle things that is happen locally, because they because the reason is they know better about how the countries how how their regions operate the same thing as country we need to trust more we need to trust we need to put more trust on our local economists on our local policymakers because they know what is exactly how how where exactly the problem is you know just because we see these big names from uh, other countries doesn't mean that they can provide the best solution for our own or for your country the best uh, we need to put more trust to our local experts because they pretty much know where the problem is so i think that is something a point to consider of course it's open to debate but i think this is something that we need to consider more yep so especially if you are an economist purchase the books trust me if you are an economist purchase the books If you are not an economist, this book has a lot of basically technical uh, descriptions. It's going to be quite difficult for you. Uh, so yeah, I, I strongly recommend this for all economists. So yeah, this is still open to debate. I might understand something wrongly uh, from the book. So yeah, if you found something that you disagree with and you want to talk to me, yeah, so just send me a message and we can talk. Thank you so much for listening and see you in another episode of Alpha Beta Podcast. Bye.